Welcome back to another edition of Rotocurve Radio. I'm your host, Michael Rathburn, and this is our lock and load show for Week 6 NFL, where we talk about cash games on DraftKings and FanDuel. As always, I'm with my co-host, Mike Taglier. How's it going, Mike? It's going, it's going, man. Uh, we are. It's crazy that we're already in week six, and you know it, the NFL season just kind of flies by. Even though that it's a grind every single week for us that study the game week in, week out. But it's sad when you realize that we're all, like, you know, week eight, we're at the halfway point. Yeah, and we're, yeah, we're we're, we're teetering there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we wait so long for the season to come, and then when it comes, it goes it goes by too quick. Um, as we always do on lock and load, um, you know, we talk about what worked last week, what didn't work. We talk about the trap plays, um, and we did good and bad there. Um, fortunately, we got saved by our quarterback picks because uh, I think you and I both were on the wrong side on the trap plays. But, hey, we go out on a limb for a reason. And uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, the consensus picks for this week and kind of give you some background and some landscape as far as every week is a different puzzle. And I put it out earlier this week on Twitter. I, you know, I kind of when I'm building lineups, I try to get, uh, you know, kind of like an assessment of what I think an overall strategy is for the week. So I'll talk about that. And because um, it's a very different week, uh, we don't have a lot of value at running back. We've got a couple of buys, and um, so that's that's something that we want to consider um, moving forward. And we've got a lot of question marks on the injury front that could potentially impact Sunday lineup. So let's talk about what worked last week. And again, we've been pretty good when it comes with quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, We were on Derek Carr and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Both of us had that. That was the consensus play there. And we were, we were solid on both of those. Uh, Mike was on Brady. I had gumped. I had jumped off Brady. Um, I just got a little bit worried that maybe they were going to run the ball um, what happened was after we recorded the show, LeGarrette Blunt was nicked up in practice and not 100%. And so the Patriots threw the ball quite a bit against the Browns. Also, the way that the game went, because the Browns quarterback got hurt, it just allowed Brady to unload and just get a lead, and, and they ran away with it. So while the trap play and the trap play for Brady, it didn't work out, we did give you Carr and Roethlisberger. So you went with those, you did great, and, and you were fine. At the running back spot, uh, mostly good. Um, on my front, I had Terrence West. Now, Terrence West looked great until Mark Trestman decided to stop running the ball, and that ultimately cost him his job. Uh, but we were on Jordan Howard again, uh, Le'Veon Bell, DeMarco Murray. The trap play was was uh, Washington, Dwayne Washington, and that paid off well because a lot of people you know, loaded up on Dwayne Washington in cash, and that, that didn't work out. Um, the one guy that kind of burned us was Jarek McKinnon. I don't know if you have any thoughts on what what took place with McKinnon, anything that you saw in that game. Well, yeah, no, a lot of people have asked me about it and, and you know, kind of what's the situation with Ossie out of there getting so many touches. And I'm calling it a one-off situation. Usually I looked, I looked to look for a trend, and there was no trend to suggest that Asiata would have gotten a lot of snaps in that game, a lot of play time. But it's more of a, a situation where the Vikings jumped out really, really early, and they didn't feel the need to ride McKinnon in that game. You know, they, right. they jumped out to an early lead, and they pounded it out with Asiata. Now, I'd, fortunately, they're on a bye this week, so we don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but, you know... It, it's always a little worrisome playing Jarek McKinnon behind that offensive line. I did say that my concern with McKinnon last week was that they were going to be missing both their tackles, you know, right. Matt Khalil and then their right tackle. That was my concern. Uh, I think my biggest miss was C.J. Anderson. You know, C.J. Anderson, yeah. to me— I, 
I didn't mention CJ, but I was all over him, mostly in GPPs. I mean, I can't remember a more shocking result of a, a game where I thought this is exactly the way it's going to go, and mm-hmm. it did not go that way at all. No, it definitely didn't. It was it was it, his snaps have gone down. A lot of people are starting to talk about Booker, but I'm not really buying into Booker so much. I think that Anderson's just hit a little lull in his production. It didn't help that you know Paxton Lynch couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He didn't look yeah. great good um you know the other running backs i was on you know i me you and i were both on howard i liked Gurley last week that that worked out and then devonta freeman yep. uh he he was someone i played in a lot even though a lot of people question that tevin coleman actually played more than i thought he would but yeah that was but, strange too because they said he wasn't going to play and then all of a sudden he got out there and he was just you know the thing about it was um i do another show um and we we go game by game and we kind of it's a very long show it's actually two hours um, and, and we actually get really deep into game. And I said, the only way that Atlanta can win this game is they exploit the Denver linebacker with the running backs is Freeman and Coleman, like swing passes, screen passes, draw plays, you know, just utilize that speed on the corners. And man, as soon as the first play of the game, like the first series, it was evident what they were going to do because mm-hmm. they were, they were not going to win with Julio and they have no other wide receivers. So there was only one way that they could win that game. And yeah. they executed a perfect game plan. I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan was prepared. He was. He was. No, they, they played a fantastic game. And I think it comes back down a little bit to reality this week against Seattle in Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah but, totally different spot uh, yeah. in situation. And ironically, they um, uh, they did not go home. I heard on NFL Network today that Atlanta actually uh, just went straight from Denver to Seattle. They didn't go back to Atlanta. So um, while I do like the Seahawks this week, that does cushion the blow a little bit as far as the travel goes, but they didn't have to go all the way back home and come on the way back out. Yeah. Wide receivers been hard um, in the sense that the top guys have had tough matchups lately. And the trap play was Julio against the Broncos, mainly because, you know, coming off the 300-yard game, but he was he was so low-owned anyway that it really didn't matter. Um you know, Crabtree, uh, Landry was a bust in terms of just the way the game went, and they, it, it, Tannehill was a mess. Um, was on Jordy. Steve, now, the, the thing that really killed me was Steve, Steve Smith injury absolutely killed me. Um, mm-hmm. It was early in the game. He was off to a good start, and he got hurt. And between West and Steve Smith, you know, that was something where, and that's one of the things I'm going to bring up as far as once we get through the, the, the picks from last week, one of the talking points I want to bring up to you is, you know, we always talk about diversification and hedging and risk in cash games. And I struggled so much last week because I love Terrence West and I love Steve Smith based on matchup and price. And I kept looking at Steve Smith saying, I got to get him out because I don't want two Ravens especially when the situation happened where we, we heard about wind. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning, we heard about 25-mile-an-hour mile winds, and I immediately said, okay, you know, I'm going to load up on West a little bit more and fade any any receiver in this game. I think Deshaun was the guy that I definitely jumped off of. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. Obviously, Smith got hurt, but it kind of begs the question of, you know, how rigid do you have to stick with your game plan is again, I couldn't pivot to anybody as much as I wanted to get off of Steve Smith. 
there was no one else. For, there was nowhere else for me to go unless I went Sammy Coates and cash. And I, I didn't want to do that. And uh, unless I went like Quincy Anua, which I didn't want to do either. So I don't know how you played it last week in terms of did you make any adjustments when the Ravens news came out about the wind? Uh, I didn't have too much Smith, but you know, I do, I do my morning show on Sunday mornings talking about everything. And a lot of people were concerned and I liked Deshaun Jackson last week until that news came out. So I backed off him. Steve Smith was somebody who I felt like he would actually not be affected so much by the wind being a slot receiver. Right. Well, he's right. been playing That's more why I slot. left him in, but I still felt like I had too much exposure to the Ravens in that game. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but it, it, against the Redskins, it's not a bad thing. Um, right. But the thing is, Steve Smith was starting off to a good game. It's you know the he he hurt his ankle, and the guy he's going to miss a couple weeks because of it. But I mean, he had a good start to the game, so it wasn't necessarily a bad call. It's just every now and then that injury bug is going to get you. And um, the fact that Mark Trestman didn't use <laughs> Terrence West, you know, eleven carries in that game, he was breaking off, you know, eight yeah, nine yards yeah, a carry. Nuts. It, it was nuts. it was just t- terrible coaching in that game. They deserve to lose it, to be honest. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, we were both on Zach Ertz last week, who didn't really do much. Um, other guys that we had mentioned, um, you had mentioned Delaney Walker, who um, I didn't mention on the show, but I was heavily on um, just based on the way the things went uh, for Sunday and, and the way I was constructing t- uh, lineups. Uh, and the other guy I mentioned last week, and it's funny um, – Again, you talk about news and how you react to news. Uh, I had mentioned Martellus. Uh, I didn't use Martellus, and I mentioned Gronk was a trap. And the funny thing about it was the news had come out that they were going to use Gronk more. And then he wasn't going to be as, you know, and then more news came out that he was not going to be a blocker. Or initially he was going to be blocking, then he wasn't going to be blocking. And it made it where I, I backed off Bennett. I completely backed off Bennett, and I went more like Zach Miller, Ertz, and Delaney. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, how do you, you know, did you, you didn't mention Bennett last week, but just in terms of in general, how were you looking at the Bennett-Gronk situation leading up to the kickoff uh, last week? Well, with Gronk, I kept paying attention to the injury report and his practice participation and the words that were coming out of his mouth because Gronk has surprisingly been, surprisingly been very honest with the media this year, yeah. letting you know, say, hey, it's going to be some time before I get back on the field before week one. And he wasn't lying. He was out there. He said, and, you know, like in leading up to the week, he started talking about, you know, with Brady back, he's like, I feel like it's almost go time. So it's just I actually felt comfortable with him. Um, I did uh, a Sunday morning show and I recommended Gronk. And I, I was told by one of my other DFS buddies that I'm probably going to lose my job at PFF because I had recommended both Todd Gurley and Rob Gronkowski last week and it, and it panned out. So I'm happy I got to keep my job. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Rob Gronkowski went healthy. It's hard not to play him. And, and honestly, if you watch that game, I watched every snap. Uh, Gronkowski, he looks healthy. He was running yeah. after the, he was yeah. running after the catch breaking tackles like he always yep. does. Yeah, um, he had that burst when he gets into the open field and he just yeah. uh, bre- breaks off tackles and stuff. He, he, he looked like Gronk. He wasn't hobbling around. He wasn't limping. He wasn't slow. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a sign. Um, uh, don't have him this week. But, um, again, we just don't know how things are going to play out. Um, so let's talk about the landscape for this week because I think it was, it was a little bit interesting. As I'm building lineups and I'm kind of looking at everything, and kind of what I do is I go through the quarterbacks 
And, you know, I try to pick five or six guys. I go through the running backs. I try to pick six to eight receivers, 10 to 12, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily look at the salaries. I look at the player, the matchup, their performance. Uh, and then after I make the picks, I'll look at the salaries. And what I noticed really quickly this week was, you know, there's a lot of QBs at the top, but I think there's some value at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And normally I don't go I don't drop down in cash on quarterback, but there's two guys that I like this week. They think you can do it with. So if that's the case and you're going to be able to drop down that, that, then, then, that, then I say to myself, okay, where am I going to spend up? I look at the running backs and I say to myself, there's no cheap running backs this week. You know, we don't get Jordan Howard cheap. We don't get, um, Spencer Ware anymore. We don't get like, you know, Jack Quez, you know, all the guys that you could have potentially used are just not there or they've been priced up. Melvin Gordon's not cheap anymore. So we got to, we got to kind of look at it and say, Hey, there's some really good running backs with really good matchups. So I guess that's where I'm going to pay up. I look at wide receiver and I look at the top of the board and it's like, man, you know, Antonio Brown's 10 grand. Way so that's, that's crazy, yeah. Right, so that kind of wipes him off the board. Then I look at Odell, who's struggling. Then I look at um, the Giants' offense is struggling, I should say. Then I look at Green, who's got a matchup on the road as a heavy underdog against the Patriots, and the Patriots' game plan is to take away the best player on the other team. And Green also last week, you know, they, they were able to kind of neutralize him. Then I look at other guys, you know, um, and I just say to myself, you know, Julio Jones has a tough matchup going to get, going to Seattle. I'm like, gosh, man, I'm not going to want to spend up at wide receiver this week. I'm probably going to want to spend up at, at running back. That's just where the, where the, the matchups are. And I think as you go down, there's some good mid tier value wide receivers. And there's even a couple guys at the low end that I think are actually viable in cash for tight end. I think it's more the same. I think it's with Jordan Reed off the board, with Gronk not really being a factor. I think it's more like Delaney and Graham, and I think that's it, man. I don't think you want to get cute with tight end this week. I think you just want to roll with a couple of guys, and that's it. Defense, I think continue to go chalk. Don't really don't deviate from that plan at all. Uh, and then that's it. Um, any any other observations from you as far as like the landscape for this week? Yeah, the landscape, it's one of the first weeks where I've kind of looked at it and said, okay, this this week is really going to come down to skill because there there really is no heavy chalk. Like, there's no this player. This the toughest week to make lineups for me so far this year. Yeah, it, it really is. But these are the weeks that I like because it, those who sit, t- sit down and actually take time to go through research. Like, when I sat down actually on Tuesday and looked at the salaries, I, t- I typically on Tuesday I'll try and throw together a few lineups just to see how the it looks. I didn't like it. I didn't like putting together lineups at all. And then the further I get into the week, the more comfortable I get. And I feel like the research has kind of paid off where those who I think this is the week where you could wait, make some really good money in DFS. If you actually pay attention, Um, you, you know, you listen to this podcast, you listen to other ones and like, you know, find out more inside information about injuries and and what what wide receivers you could find at a cheap price because as you mentioned it is a week where you do want to pay up for running back there's no there's no three four thousand dollar option that that's like jordan howard those aren't there james starks james starks is not in play bobby rainey's not in play no i mean it's just guys that people are going to gravitate to and you're just not going to want to go there just don't Mm -hmm. do it Mm -hmm. um let's get into uh, let's get into quarterback. Let's get into consensus plays. And we're, we're in agreement on two guys this week. 
Uh, the top guy on the board that we're both in agreement with is Drew Brees at home against Carolina. Huge total. They're at home. The Carolina defense is starting to look like a sieve. Um, you know, they're signing guys off the practice squad to play cornerback. We all know about the narrative, Saints at home. And I'll tell you what, man, the, the, the Panthers are coming off a short week. They laid an egg at home against Tampa Bay on Monday night. Sometimes teams bounce back. And I know they got Cam Newton coming back. They're not going to lay an egg because the Saints defense is so bad. But I think the Saints are going to be able to put up a pretty good number on them. I do, too. They, they put the over-under on this game at 53. I don't think any other game is over 48, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. You know, Ben Wickery, they cut him after the Julio Jones game. Uh, last week, the Bucks just didn't throw the ball. Uh, Jameis Winston, when he did throw the ball, he didn't look very good. James Bradbury is dealing with a foot injury. He's likely out for this game. So... They're not only they're missing those two corners, and I mean it's not as if they were great to begin with. Uh, the Panthers are allowing just 3.46 yards per carry to running backs, so this is a week where Breeze can sit back, get in the pocket, get comfortable, and throw the ball. There, uh, the Panthers with those cornerbacks playing, they were allowing 3. Uh, 8.37 yards per attempt, which is one of the highest marks in the league. Uh, The Saints coming off a bye at home against the Panthers on a short week. It's kind of a no-brainer, but this week I I, I can't seem to fit Breeze in any lineups just because, like I said, there are are very few options that are cheap that I feel very comfortable in. So I I just haven't found myself paying up for Breeze, but if you can fit him, he's a fantastic option. I think the option with Breeze is – You've got to really go value at the wide receiver position. Um, And I think, um, you know, as much as I don't like pairing in a a, a cash game, you may may have to look at Michael Thomas here uh, if you play Breeze. I know it's hard to pair Breeze with anybody because he does spread the ball around so much. But if they don't run, those plays now get funneled more to the wide receivers. And... um, you know, I just think that from a value perspective, Thomas's price is really attractive and would allow you to build a cash lineup with Breeze. So, you know, disclaimer, it's not something that we, we want to wholly do. Um, but Michael Thomas, for his, you know, for being a wide receiver three on his team, it's actually been pretty consistent. Now, he's not, you know, he's getting 10, 12, 14 points a game uh, and he's got a really good price. So he's a guy that actually popped up on my charts as a, I look at standard deviation, you know, and, and he's a guy that has a pretty low standard deviation. Now, he doesn't have huge outputs, but that I'm okay with that because his salary is so cheap and he's in an incredible matchup. So that might be one angle is if you do go with Breeze, just maybe sprinkle Michael Thomas in there or a guy like Meredith. Uh, and we'll get into that. But I think that you just have to find that extreme value this week. And you may have to go Meredith and or Thomas in the same lineup to get a guy like Breeze and those high-priced running backs. Um, the other guy that we like, and I think this, I've been building my cash lineups around this guy, and I and I did it right from the beginning this week, and that's Alex Smith, uh, who's got a nice matchup against Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's allowing ridiculous, like historically bad numbers through the first five games. Uh, they're allowing 338 passing yards per game. The only quarterback actually who scored less than 22 fantasy points was Marcus Mariota, and yep. we know we know Mariota's had a, a yep. struggle to, to the beginning it's of like the year. It's like you just wipe that off the sleet. You don't even count it. Yeah, and it's and they they've done this. They've done all this on limited attempts too, because only yep. three of the five quarterbacks who have played them have uh, hit 30. They're 34 or less. 
pass attempts. So it's it's very high efficiency. Uh, if you guys know anything about Andy Reid coming out of a bye week, his teams I think are something Undefeated. ridiculous, like six twenty-four like, now or something. Or it, was it? I, th- I thought it was like nineteen and two or something, but oh, okay. it's some it's some ridiculous number yeah. where like obviously yeah. he gets them extremely prepared. Getting Jamal Charles backs helps the passing game a tad. Um, but yeah, this is a weird week. Like, and I know this is a cash game show, but if you're playing in tournaments, if you want to pair Alex Smith with like Chris Conley, I think this could be a yeah. seriously Conley sleeper is play. Super sneaky, especially on DraftKings. That's a super yeah. sneaky guy. That uh, yeah, if you're going KC stack and a GPP, you know, I would, I would, you know, go Smith, Macklin, and then if you don't want to go Kelsey, look at Conley. Or if you even go Kelsey and Conley, look, the Chiefs are going to be able to put up thirty. Smith is going to throw 35, 40 times. He's going to get 300 yards. Just a matter of how many touchdown passes he gets. You're hoping he gets three, and you're hoping he spreads it around a little bit, and you're getting these guys at great value. So I think that's, you know, again, just Smith in general this week is the, is the guy that I gravitated to right away. Um, I'm going to have you talk about one other guy. We'll t- just give me one other guy that you that you like, that you're high on this week, and I'll talk about one other guy too. Um, well, most people don't do the Monday slate, but if you do, Carson Palmer is a fantastic play. But um, for mine that I would do on like the main slate, I'd talk about Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's not priced as like an elite option this week. I mean, he's not cheap, but he's also not Drew Brees level. Uh, but going up against Atlanta, a, a team that is traveling, they just played a game in Denver that they probably put a lot of time into, and they won. They pulled that one out. But, you know, we're talking about a Seahawks team whose buy could not have come at a better time. Russell Wilson needed time to get his legs healthy. Jimmy Graham, you know, obviously he'll take as much time as he can uh, to get healthy. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he's been dealing with a PCL sprain. There there were so many reasons why this team needed a bye week. Kristen Michael's going to be well-rested. I mean, it's just a perfect storm. And Atlanta has allowed uh, at least 281 passing yards and three or more touchdowns in four of their five games. Uh, the Falcons are a very much a funnel defense that you can just pound so Russell Wilson coming off the bye week, I love him this week. I love him. I'm playing him in tournaments for the most part. He'll be my number one owned quarterback in tournaments. Um, the guy that I'm looking at, and this is a DraftKings only play, is Tyrod Taylor. 5,300 going against the Niners at home. Kaepernick playing. Um, look, Tyrod, you know, when you talk about cash games, we're talking about on, on DraftKings, you know, we want minimum 3X. So we got to get, you know, 5.3 times 3. We're looking at 16 points. This guy's been getting 18, 19, 20 points every single week for the last four games. I think he easily gets 20 points this week. And I know he does not going to throw for 300 yards. And they may pound the ball with LaShawn McCoy 50 times. But I'm telling you right now, Tyrod's going to get a rushing touchdown in this game. He'll have 40 yards rushing. That's 10 points right there. And this guy is going to have at least 22 to 24 points. And he's going to be able to really – again, I usually don't play this kind of guy in cash. But when I look at what he's done, for him to hit 18 is nothing in this game. They're at home. They're favored. San Francisco, if you take out the Monday night game – they have allowed an average of 35 points over the last four games. The Bills are playing a lot better football than I think what people realize. I think people have just, just dismissed them. They wanted to fire Rex Ryan. Look at the numbers. This team has been consistent week after week. I think the Bills are a lot better team than what people expect. I think the Bills are in a spot where they're going to be able to um, – I don't know if they're going to blow them out. I think that you know a lot of times when teams are expected to win that haven't been there yet – sometimes do lay an egg but i think this just sets up to where taylor is going to be in position to have a really big game um let's talk about the uh the traps 
And the guy that we're both on this week is we're both on Brian Hoyer. Initially, uh, I played Brian Hoyer for two weeks in a row. Initially, I plugged him in <coughs> because the salary hadn't really changed. But when you look at the, and I don't know if this is where you're going, and if you are, I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, but sometimes, don't just look at what a team allows from a fantasy points perspective. You have to kind of understand what the makeup is of those points. And um, talk to me about Hoyer, why you think he's a trap against Jacksonville. A lot of the points have come from touchdowns. Like that's right. like if, if you look at yep. the Jacksonville, a lot of the points they've allowed is touchdowns because they're allowing just 6.1 yards per yep. attempt, which is third best in the NFL. There has been just one quarterback to top 5.9 yards uh, per attempt against them, and it's not like they've gone against crap quarterbacks. They've played against nope. Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Joe Flacco, and Andrew Luck. So when you look at that, of course you're going to allow some touchdowns. But but Brian Hoyer, let's not get it twisted. Brian Hoyer is yeah. not a top tier quarterback uh, in this league. Yeah, he's had some solid DFS games. I get it. But I think this is more of a game where if the Bears want to do something, I think they should attack Jacksonville on the ground. Uh, Jordan Howard has been running fantastic. There's no reason to to take him away from it. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a team that matches up pretty well with the Bears. So I, I, would, I think this is a grind game. I think this is a low-scoring game. I don't think there's going to be many points. I think it's 20-17. to 17. I think Jacksonville might even win the game. They have not allowed more than 207 yards in the air. That's a low number. I mean, against all those quarterbacks that you mentioned. So when people start saying, "Oh, they've allowed x x amount of points against the against quarterback," well, you know what's the yardage? Because to me, the yardage is a lot more predictable than the touchdowns. Yeah, and you can get Alex Smith for cheaper than Brian Hoyer this week. Yep. Let's um let's talk about. I'm glad we're on the same page with Hoyer because that really jumped off. And I've actually gotten into some arguments with people on Hoyer this week, and I've actually been able to convert them to realize that it is a trap. Yeah. Let's talk about running back, and we've been pretty good at hitting on running backs. I think without a doubt, the number one chalk running back this week is Lashawn McCoy. <laughs> Lashawn McCoy is such a good play, and most people have actually forgotten about the narrative behind this. Um, they've overlooked it uh, because mm. Lashawn McCoy against against his mm. buddy uh, Chip Kelly, and I mean it doesn't even take narrative to see that Lashawn McCoy he's 107 or more total yards the last three games. Uh, San Francisco has allowed the last four running backs they've played against to hit the 100 rushing yard mark. Uh, you know Navarro Navarro Bowman. Last week was the first week that the 49ers played without him. You saw what David Johnson did to them. Um, you know, there was a reason I loved him. DeForest Buckner, he's another one that is, uh, he's questionable for this game. He got in a limited practice on Wednesday. Uh, but him and Quentin Dial, uh, he's limited as well. Those are their two best defensive tackles. So, I mean, if they're missing those guys, it's just like the floodgates have opened. But regardless, this is a fantastic matchup at home. And on top of that, they're playing against Colin Kaepernick, guys. So the, you know that the game script is going to be in Shady's favor. He's seeing probably, you know, 80% of Buffalo's touches. Fantastic, fantastic play. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have McCoy and Bills D in every single one of my cash games. Right now. <laughs> um, talk about two other guys. We have three guys that were consensus on this week. Um, the other two guys, Le'Veon Bell, who, yeah, number one you know, running back, of course. Uh, Lamar Miller, um, not really putting up the fantasy points, but getting a lot of work. And this sure looks like the week that that the Texans can get right. 
Yeah, if Lamar Miller doesn't get it going this week, I'm, I'm officially concerned with him. But I do think he does. Uh, Dwayne Brown, their their Pro Bowl left tackle, finally made it. He reappeared on the field for the first time last week. And Lamar Miller just they basically gave Lamar Miller a bye week against Minnesota, which honestly, as a Lamar Miller owner, you should be happy. Um, you know, they're allowing four over 4.6 yards per carry to running backs. Um, every single starting running back that has played against the Colts and their old man, you know, linebacking corp, they have 15.7 or more PPR points. So when we're talking about cash, we're looking for a safe floor for somebody like Lamar Miller, who has, you know, essentially seen like 18 carries in every game, but one, you, you want to play him against this defense. Um, Let's talk about a trap play this week. We both uh, we both have Ezekiel Elliott going up against um, Green Bay, who I know they haven't faced a lot of competition, but their rushing yards allowed stats are number one in the NFL. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I know I know a lot of people have talked about. You know, they've only allowed two point two yards per carry, and you know the running backs that they've played against haven't been great. And I get that, guys. I understand that. But I went through and I actually looked at every single running back they've played. Those starting running backs have only averaged actually one point five six yards per carry against Green Bay. But those same exact running backs against other teams average almost two and a half yards per carry more than they did against the Packers. There you uh, go. It's not a matchup that you want to mess yeah. with. I mean, especially when you're talking about, you know, we just talked about Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Le- yeah. Miller, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Like, these are all guys you should, if you're paying up a running back, don't pay up for Zeke. He's going to be heavily owned because of what he's done lately. Um, and before we move on to wide receiver, I just want to mention that if you're looking for someone extremely cheap that you want to put in your cash game lineups, I think that Gio Bernard is a solid play, especially in DraftKings. And we're talking about a PPR against right. the Patriots. Yeah, especially if Hill's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver. Um, we talked about if you're going back to, you know, our consensus, we're both on A-Rob, Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think for me, it's just a matter of he's the guy I like the best at the top of the board. Uh, and I have no problem going back to the well with him because I still think people are going to be on these other guys. I still think people are going to take A.J. Green, Beckham, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. I think they're still – maybe not Julio – I still think they're going to go back to the well and cash and some of these guys. Um, so we're in consensus agreement on Allen Robinson. We're in a consensus agreement on Marvin Jones and Jeremy Macklin and Doug Baldwin. So pretty good that we – this is probably the week that we had the best consensus. And we're not picking a ton of guys here. So Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, Jeremy Macklin – you can roll a cash game lineup with those three guys, with you, with the, some of the guys that we talked about. Now, it's probably going to have to be with Alex Smith, but you can go Alex Smith, McCoy, Miller, Robinson, Jones, Macklin. I mean, you can get these guys in. Now, you're going to have to go cheap you know, at Flex and some other spots, but you can get these guys in this week. Yeah, they're solid mid- middle-tier options. Like th- like you said, the top of the wide receiver board I don't love. The bottom I don't love. So it's a bunch of mid- mid-tier mid guys. And, yeah, a lot of those guys fit in there. Marvin Jones is probably my favorite one of the bunch mm-hmm. just because Tremaine Johnson's out yep. for the Rams. Yep. And uh, basically, Marvin Jones is going to be matching up with a couple of cornerbacks that are 5'11 mm-hmm. and have allowed over two points per target uh, to opposing wide receivers. So, yeah, Marvin Jones is a fantastic play. 7,200 on DraftKings. Uh, I like Hilton this week. You think he's a trap. Tell me why. I do think Hilton's a bit of a trap. Um, I went through and looked at uh, the past games that he's had against Houston, who, by the way, Houston is a lot better than they've been in the past against yeah, wide receivers. Their defense has been, yeah. Yeah, they've they've played lights out. Like they're they're 
they've only allowed three passing touchdowns the entire year. Uh, I do believe they'll be able to get to Andrew Luck a lot. Then, you know, if you get pressure on Andrew Luck and don't give him time, T.Y. Hilton, that hurts a bit. Yeah. Um, Yep. His last four, his last four games against um, the Houston, he finished number one back at the beginning of 2014. But then wide receiver 35, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 68. Uh, I know Luck was hurt last year, and I think one of those games was with Luck, one without. But um, I just think that with the Colts offensive line playing the way it is, being a divisional game, it'll be it'll be a close game. I think it's a grind out sort of game between Frank Gore and Lamar Miller. I just I think Ty Hilton's going to be heavily owned, and you don't necessarily need to pay up to have him. I can buy that. Um, you probably got me coming off of Hilton a little bit. Um, tight end, again, we've got a pretty good consensus. I just don't think the landscape's there this week. I think for us to agree on the majority of the guys just mm-hmm. dictates, you know, the way Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey. I mean, bing, bing, bing. Uh, that, those are three guys. I'm not going outside that, that trio. Yeah, the only the only one that I've even considered outside of that trio really was Richard Rodgers, um, because I mean we're talking about a Dallas team that has allowed three tight ends to total more than seventy yards. They've allowed three tight end touchdowns. There's been at least one tight end in every game to score at least 8.5 PPR points against them. So it's like if you really want to spend up a quarterback and you want to spend up at other positions and if you need to squeeze in a cheap option, I mean, Richard Rodgers is the cheap guy, but I don't see any reason that we need to get off Jimmy Graham. Um, I think Jimmy Graham's like solidly priced. I think it's 4900 Yeah, um, he's real attractive. I think if we yeah. you roll with the guys that I talked about earlier, you got to go with Graham and get the savings. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to defense, uh we agree on two teams this week, and again, it's a chalk week for defense. It, the Bills are no doubt about the chalk nuts. As soon mm-hmm. as I mean, they already were because their defense has been playing really good, and I don't think people realize how good it's been playing. I think they officially get Darius. Darius is in this week finally. Uh, Marcel Darius, I think I want to say he was a did not participate in practice, okay, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, so I don't think he's playing. If he doesn't go again, that's fine. Um, because the rest of the team has been playing pretty good. Um, this is a defense that really, I was looking at the numbers last year, you know, they were getting torn up. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, again, they wanted to hang Rex Ryan. And this defense has straightened out pretty good. And they don't have Sammy Watkins. And you know what's funny? Nobody is praising Rex Ryan right now. It's Nobody. crazy. It's crazy. They'll, I've they'll been, hang him yeah. out to dry the first second they get, but he will get zero praise. And I'm telling you, man, I did a lot of I did a lot of um, what I do every week is I look at, especially after the first month of the season, we get four or five weeks worth of data and we start seeing trends on it. I do a lot of like team basis stuff. Right. And when I looked at what the Bills were doing on defense, I said to myself, no one is talking about this team right now. What are they doing on offense? What are they doing on defense? You know, they smacked the Arizona Cardinals around quite a bit and everybody just said, oh, Arizona laid an egg. Well, maybe Arizona didn't lay an egg. Maybe the Bills just kicked their ass. And you know why? You know why, though, that people aren't on the Bills yet is because what when it's almost like the Ray Rice thing. Remember, like everybody like went up in arms when they finally saw the video of Ray Rice, you know, and that whole thing. Yeah. But here's the here's the thing. Most people don't realize is that when you see it, you believe it. So when people talk about the Bills and Rex Ryan, all they remember is the Thursday night game. They were on national television, uh, yeah. you know, getting stomped game. by the yeah. Jets. Yeah. And after that, like outside of that game, they have been so good. Bills and Titans this week. Um, that's your chalk defense. No need for us to get into it any further. The Titans get the Browns. Uh, they're solid D. They did some damage against the Dolphins last week. The only other team I'll throw out there is the Steelers. I think the Steelers are the most underrated defense in the league right now. And then I know you like the Lions. 
Yeah, yeah, the Lions are a solid play. Anybody playing the Rams, you have to kind of at least look into, but I'm probably paying up for the Bills everywhere anyways. Yeah, good stuff. All right, that's going to wrap it up this week for Lock and Load. want to wish you guys the best of luck in your cash game lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. Again, thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you back here next time. Thanks again.